Hello and welcome to the ninth edition of Victor's Corner. I am your host, Victor Romoyo, one-fourth of the Codex Prime podcast, and it is Thursday, July 7th, 2016, and I'm very glad to be back here once again on the air. And as you found out in last week's episode of the Codex Prime podcast, I currently have a work gig all throughout the this month of July, so I will be back on the main show in August. So between now and then, I'll be dropping some Victor's Corner episodes for you all so you can listen to those in addition to the main episodes of the podcast now before i get into the proceedings for this episode i have a couple of film reviews that i want to get into i want to say uh to carl uh your impression of me at the beginning of this week's episode of the podcast your impression was awful son i mean goddamn <laughs> it was horrible fam i don't know what you were going for um for the record i do not sound like eeyore from winnie the pooh all right so needless to say neither you or anybody or and nor anybody else can do an impression of me because i'll have you know that i am one of a kind there is no one out there that that can do an impression of Victor Omoyo, my friend. Know this. Deal with it, fam. All right? Cool. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, uh, like I said, a couple of film reviews for you all. Uh, the first film that I want to get into is this really unique and creative film, which came out just last week. And that film is called Swiss Army Man. And that film stars Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. And this film, it's definitely one of a kind. It's not like any other film that's out there right now in theaters. In fact, it's not like any other film that I've seen in the last five, six years, or even longer for that matter. And this film, it's a uniquely bizarre yet heartwarming movie about friendship and flatulence. Okay, bear with me. So the film begins, it's, a, it's all about this guy named Hank, played by Paul Dano, who's trapped on this island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and just when he's about to hang himself, he sees this corpse washed up on the beach. And this corpse, who he names Manny, played by Daniel Radcliffe, you know, this corpse is dressed up in a suit, and Hank discovers that this corpse is farting constantly, endlessly. And, and pretty quickly, Hank discovers that he can use uh, Manny's flatulence to propel himself away from the island and across the ocean like a jet ski. So Hank decides to escape the island. He uses his body as a jet ski. He propels himself all across, all across the Pacific Ocean. And together, him and Manny land on the mainland. And together, Hank and Manny try to, try to make their way across the vast wilderness while trying to make their way back to civilization. And along the way, Hank is trying to survive. And while he's trying to, you know, keep his head above water, try to navigate his surroundings, him and Manny develop this really surreal, really strange, very weird friendship, which is, which is oddly, which is oddly touching. You know, it's it, it's actually really, it's actually kind of sweet in a way. You know, a, a touch creepy, you know, maybe a, a touch insane, maybe, but definitely has its charms. And and how, and how Hank, you know, nav makes his way through the wilderness, through the woods, he discovers that he can use Manny's body as like a multi-purpose tool, 
like a Swiss army knife, if you will. So he discovers that he can use Manny's flatulence to propel himself, you know, up in the air, you know, to, to leap. He can actually use Manny's body as a dead weight to lift, a, to, you know, lift a logs, you know, kind of like a pulley system using using some rope. Uh, he discovers he can fill Manny's mouth with rocks and other other objects and kind of, you know, use the Heimlich maneuver to shoot to shoot the rocks and, and nuts as like bullets, as like BBs. Uh, if he needs to, he can use his fart, his farts as a flamethrower. He can use his limbs to chop wood, you know, it, it's, and he can use his body as a raft. So, so there's so, so he discovers many purposes he can use Manny's body for. And Manny, to his credit, you know, he's not just, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, he's not just pulling off a weekend at Bernie's routine. No, he actually speaks. So he's actually talking and he's actually slowly gaining self-awareness, you know, of, of, of who he is and what his situation is. And, and as the film goes on, you know, Manny and Hank, they they start to, you know, they start getting into, you know, some very insightful, you know, and, and very thoughtful discussions about human nature, you know, in particular, you know, the whole, you know, notion of friendship, you know, the whole notion of romance, you know, how we as humans socialize with one another. Uh, they kind of get into the, you know, the, the sort of pretenses that we kind of wear, you know, uh, on, on our on our sleeves every every day where we kind of act a certain way towards certain people for certain purposes and how we carry ourselves in public is kind of different from how we carry ourselves in private um they even they, and and hank you know he's he starts he starts to you know open up about about his life before he got to the island and um you kind of see how how lonely he is and you know why why that's been such a such an obstacle for him and how he wants to open up to people in particular this uh this one woman who he had a crush on played by mary elizabeth winstead and how he could just never open up to her and 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 as the film progresses you kind of see how hank starts to you know try to try to find try to find his way try to find himself if you will and also manny even though he's a corpse a talking corpse, mind you, you know, even he starts to discover uh, certain things about himself and he starts to ask questions about what's going on and what his purpose is still. And I got to say, you know, this this film is absolutely strange, but in a in a wonderful way. Uh, I really like the not only the performances by Dana and Radcliffe, especially by Radcliffe, because this is this is some really great work that, that he's doing in this film uh probably wouldn't get any awards but he should definitely get some recognition for it because you know the physicality of his performance you know it's, it's not it's actually harder to pull off than it looks and and you got to give props to him for for what he does in this movie and paul dano he's just a he's just a very very good actor you know if you should you he, you know, he was in There Will Be Blood, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, he was also in a, a movie that I enjoyed last year called Love and Mercy, which is the biopic of uh, Brian Wilson, uh, which also stars John Cusack. So that's a movie I recommend checking out as well. And so Swiss Army Man, it's a very creative film, and I really like the unique directions that the film takes. And the film was written and directed by the, direct by the directorial duo uh, known as Daniels. 
And the team of Daniels consists of two guys, uh, Daniel Scheinart and Daniel Kwan. And their most notable work prior to this film was the DJ Snake and Little John music video, Turn Down For What. And if you've seen that music video, it features all sorts of exaggerated body humor, like, like bulging boobs and bulging boners and bulging limbs all going helter-skelter all over the place. And Swiss Army Man definitely features many elements from that music video in this film and in addition to all of its you know creative use of fart humor and bodily humor you know the the, the film definitely takes that to a whole nother level so i gotta give props to daniels for for just the uniqueness of this film and like i said uh, this film is definitely not for everybody. Uh, if you if you have an open mind and if you have a, a, a bit of a taste of the weird and the different, if you want to see something that's different from the sequels and the remakes and the reboots that were inundated with constantly month after month by Hollywood, then Swiss Army Man is a film you should definitely go out of your way to see because it's it's one of a kind, truly. And I can't wait to watch it again. I definitely want to get into it a little more as like a analytical review at some point. So when the Blu-ray comes out, I'll definitely pick it up and uh, revisit it. Um, I will say that there are maybe a couple of uh, maybe a couple of uh, story directions that I, I kind of had that I kind of found a little questionable, especially in particular towards the end. But I think it works overall. Um, I think any flaws in this film are, are pretty minor and, and don't really derail the film in any way. So Swiss Army Man, a, a very unique film, very creative film. Definitely check it out as soon as you can. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to think of who I know, you know, among the friends and acquaintances I know that would that would definitely dig this film that I can recommend this film to. Um, I can definitely see friend of the show Angela Marandola digging this film a lot, so I think this is right up her alley. Um, I can I can definitely see Aris appreciating this film on some level. I know he I know you know he does have a you know a bit of a taste for the creative and the weird every now and again. You know amidst all the Fast and Furious you know stuff. Uh, Maurice fifty eh, fifty could go either way. Uh, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'll, I'll get back to you in a second, my friend. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, Furman. You know what? My number one fan, Furman, even though he has the sensibilities of a cinder block, he does surprise me every now and again. I can see him liking this film to a degree. I can see him maybe liking certain elements more than others, but I can see him giving this film a shot. So I would recommend this film to Furman as well. But to Carl, oh my gosh. You know what? I would, I, you know what, Carl, if you're listening, I want you to go see Swiss Army Man. If nothing else, so I can hear your Carl Bird summary of this movie in next week's episode of Codex Prime. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine the Carl Bird summary of Swiss Army Man? I mean, hold on. L l let me give this one a shot. All right, hold on a second. <clears throat> 
Yeah, so Swiss Army Man, it's about this dude who's about to kill himself, and then he sees uh, the body of Harry Potter wash up on the beach, and then they ride across the ocean, yada, 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 and then, like, they start talking, and the and Harry Potter starts talking, and it's kind of weird, so it's kind of like Fight Club, it's kind of Fight Club-ish, because you don't know if Harry Potter is in that dude's head, or if he's a real person, so it's kind of weird that way, and... <laughs> Listen, listen, oh man, okay, okay, all right. Uh, y y you know what, Carl? Listen, man, it's all in good fun. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you, if you, if you can give us, you know, your uh, Carl Bird summary of of a random movie, by all means, email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail .com. Put in the subject line Carl Bird summarizes blank whatever movie it could be a movie it could be a video game it could be a book whatever uh th this is fun <laughs> oh man okay so the second film uh that i have on tap is disney pixar's latest film finding dory and this is a wonderful sequel to the 2003 finding nemo which is one of my all-time favorite Pixar films. I think it's in my top five Pixar films, and it's, it definitely still holds up. And Finding Dory, uh, this film, uh, once again stars Ellen DeGeneres as the lovable blue tang fish Dory, who suffers from short-term memory loss, and it also stars Albert, Albert Brooks as Marlin, and uh, Hayden Rollins as Nemo, his little son. And the premise of this film uh, sees Dory start start to get flash, uh, starts to starts to get get pieces of her memory back, uh, in particular her parents. And the the beginning of the film sees uh, Dory as a young child who, uh, who you know she suffers from short term memory loss ever since she was a kid, and uh, she becomes separated from her parents, and then she grows up without them. And so one day, you know. One year after the events of Finding Nemo, Dory starts getting uh, flashes of, uh, you know, of her childhood, in particular her parents, and then she decides to go on a crusade to reunite with her parents once again. And along the way, Marlin and Nemo, uh, you know, find themselves having to tag along to help Dory on her journey. And man, I gotta say that. Uh I really, I, 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 I absolutely love Finding Nemo, and Finding Dory is very much has the same amount of quality as Finding Nemo. Even though I, even though I, I, I feel Finding Nemo is the better film, Finding Dory is almost as good. In fact, it's, in fact, it's quite excellent on its own. And what struck me about this film was how just how moving it was especially in the beginning where you see dory and she's you know with her parents and she's struggling to remember things and her parents are are very loving they're played by uh diane diane keaton and eugene levy and they're trying to be very patient and very you know encouraging of, of their of dory you know who who's you know who can't seem to you know put two and two together because of her her disability and when she becomes separated from them, you know, it, it just brings a tear to your eye because as she's going around as little Dory, you know, she's she's swimming up to these fish trying to find her parents and she's like, Hi, my name is Dory. I suffer from short-term memory loss. And 
it just broke my heart, man. I, I swear, I was sitting in the theater and when she when she was so vulnerable, you know, trying to find her parents and all these fists are trying to help her out, but they can't. I had a tear well up in my left eye and I was just inhaling, like trying my best to hold back that tear, but I just couldn't. The tear just streamed slowly down my left cheek and I was not the only one because there was a row of people right behind me and there was this and I heard one guy go oh my god I'm about to cry and then pretty soon enough I heard sniffling right behind me so this film really hit me man especially in the beginning in fact you know the the beginning when you see little Dory being lost it kind of reminded me of that in that early scene from the movie Babe you know the one with the talking pig and, you know, when Babe, you know, when, when Farmer Hoggett, you know, James Cromwell's character brings him to his farm and, you know, he's separated is from his from his siblings and his mom. And then Babe finds himself all alone in this farmhouse and he's like, I want my mom. Oh, my God. I'm about to tear up right now, man. Damn. Man, Pixar, you done done it again. Oof. Man, but but yeah, it's 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 it's, a, it's such a, it's such a wonderful film. And even though uh, the main criticism of this film is that yeah, it because of because of the nature of the narrative, it does follow the same story pattern and similar beats to Finding Nemo. It's still a it's, it's still an excellent and emotionally moving journey. And what I love about this film are the characters. So not just Dory, but uh, she she you know. She encounters this octopus named uh, Hank, who's played by uh, Ed O'Neill, and he's he's this, he's this cranky octopus who's trying to escape the uh, the Marine Life Institute, so he can make his way to uh, Cleveland. And uh, him and and him and Doria, they're trying to find her parents, and he's trying to find his way out of the institute. And uh, and along the way, they meet they meet some other uh, colorful characters. And what I noticed about this film is that each of the main and supporting characters, they all they all have some sort of physical or mental uh, handicap uh, or challenge that they that they have to work with or you know overcome in some way. For example, uh, Hank is uh, he's a, he's technically a septopus because he's missing one one limb. He doesn't have all eight limbs. He's missing one. Uh, there's this. Uh, whale shark named destiny who's nearsighted and then there's this beluga whale who who's who's kind of neurotic he can't you know use his echolocation properly there's this uh bird which which who appears really disheveled and very you know off kilter you know this bird looks like she built her nest in a moving dryer that's that's how crazy she looks um and, and and there are and there are and of course there's Nemo who you know who has the little fin you know the 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 little underdeveloped fin, and then Marlin who you know who doesn't really suffer from any you know you know handi obvious handicap but he's very neurotic and he's 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 kind of controlling but not in a domineering way but he he's kind of controlling in a way that he kind of belittles other people without tr without trying to. Uh, for example, like when there's one part where he where he becomes, you know, he starts to lose his patience with Dory, who's so forgetful. And he's like, you know, why don't you why don't you swim over there and forget about it? That's what you're good at, forgetting stuff. And, you know, he does come off as callous from time to time, but he tries to work his way, tries his best to, you know, be, you know, accommodating. And 
and and the film and the film has a very has a very uplifting and, and and wonderful message of you know individuals and people who who may have these you know disabilities and challenges you know having enough autonomy to to you know to not only get help to you know to get through situations but also to use their own strengths you know in spite of their their handicaps to you know overcome and you know triumph over certain uh, certain situations and i think that's a really cool message to to take away from this film and the the beauty of finding dory as with other pixar films is that it, it presents their messages in a way that's not overtly preachy and it doesn't beat you over the head the film as with other Pixar films, respects the audience's intelligence. So it so it definitely appeals to not only children, but also adults. So the film doesn't pander, it doesn't condescend. It's not like a Tyler Perry movie where all the characters pretty much, where the film just damn near stops in his tracks and the characters damn near look in, look in front of the camera and just basically preach idioms and cliches at you. This film is not like that at all. So props to uh, the director uh, Andrew Stanton for for uh, helming this film uh, once again, and actually, you know, and, and also his uh, co-writer Victoria Strauss for crafting a film that is respectful of an audi- of the audience's intelligence while crafting a very exciting and very entertaining journey. Uh, and with with these characters and i gotta say you know the all, the voice cast is uniformly excellent uh in particular ellen degeneres uh this 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 is her role through and through and i i dare say i i liked her even more in finding dory than i did in finding nemo and i liked her a lot in finding nemo but here since she's the main star you know you know, she definitely brings a lot of pathos, a lot of, a lot of energy, a lot of charm uh, to her character more so than in the previous film. And also, I gotta say that the quality of Pixar's animation—it it goes without saying that the that the quality of their animation is is, is sublime. It's just superb. Uh, there are a couple of shots where you see the water, the 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 water on the surface, which looks extremely photorealistic. Like as I was watching it, I was like, "Did Pixar just film actual bodies of water and just you know animate the CG characters around them?" Uh, if if because if 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 so, then I wouldn't be too surprised because that's how realistic some of the water elements look, and and also to to that to that point, the short film that that plays before Finding Dory is just breathtaking to look at. It's called Piper, and it's about this little bird who's uh, who's trying to get gather some shells along the beach, but the tide keeps washing in, and the little bird's afraid of you know being sucked in by the by the tide, and just seeing every sand grain. In, in in that short is just wow. I mean that's some of that's some of the finest animation I've seen Pixar do, and that's really saying something. So, yeah, man, Finding Dory. It's an excellent film. Uh, once again, I, I I do feel Finding Nemo is the better of the two, but Finding Dory is almost as good. If you're a fan of Finding Nemo, there's really no reason why you would dislike uh, this sequel. I and, and like I said. What can I say? I, I love this film, and I can't wait to watch it again. And it brought a tear to my eye. So, what more couldn't be said than that? <laughs> so yes, Finding Dory, Swiss Army Man, two films you should definitely go out of your way to see in theaters right now.
Okay, uh, last bit of film-related business here before we wrap up. Uh, this month, all throughout the month of July until August 1st, Barnes & Noble is currently having their annual July Criterion Collection sale. That's right. All of their films on the Criterion Collection are 50% off, both Blu-ray and DVD. And... For me, Christmas comes twice a year because July and November are when Barnes & Noble has this beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, awesome, uplifting, praiseworthy sale of the Criterion Collection. Hashtag Criterion and chill. <laughs> Shout out to Christina Moyette for that. Um, I actually bought uh, a few Criterion films, and I actually posted the pictures on my Instagram page, which you can take a look at, at Victor Omoyo. And the films that I bought, real quick, just to give you the rundown, are Certified Copy, uh, Clouds of Sills Maria, The Immigrants in the New Land, Fantastic Planet, The Graduate by Mike Nichols, it's a Mad, 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 Mad World. The Kid, classic Charlie Chaplin. Uh, the Complete Lady Snowblood, that includes Lady Snowblood's parts one and two. Uh, both films are the inspiration for Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. Uh, the Cary Grant film, Only Angels Have Wings. Uh, the Merchant Ivory masterpiece, A Room with a View, starring Helena Bonham Carter, uh, Julian Sands, and Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, Speedy the Harold Lloyd comedy from the, from the 1920s, and last but not least, Things to Come, the classic sci-fi film based on H.G. Wells' book starring Raymond Massey. So yeah, uh, 12 films, 12 uh, Criterion Collection Blu-rays right there. I can't wait to dig into them. In fact, today I actually went back to Barnes & Noble and I bought just a few more. You know, I, I, I had to indulge. Uh, the other other Blu-rays that I bought from the Criterion Collection include uh, The Manchurian Candidate, uh, the original with Frank Sinatra, uh, La Jete and Sans Solil by Chris Marker. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, La Jete, that's the inspiration for Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys. Uh, Naked by Mike Lee. And the last film I bought was this film noir called Kiss Me Deadly. By Robert Aldrich and uh, that's a film that I've wanted to see for a long time but I just never could get around to until now so I will definitely dig into that as soon as possible and also uh, there's one film that I'm waiting for to arrive on the Criterion Collection which will arrive on July 26th and that is Terrence Malick's The New World and The New World is my second favorite Terrence Malick film that's my first one being The Tree of Life and The New World is awesome uh, one of the most gorgeous looking films I've ever seen and uh, it's, it's a live-action uh, story of Pocahontas and John Smith and John Rolfe and it, it's it's a film that that I just want to I can't wait to see Criterion's uh, handling of it I mean the picture quality is gonna be just out of this world I can't wait for that July 26th the new world that's, that's all me fam that's all me word that's what's up okay uh, speaking of the Criterion Collection, I did read some rather unfortunate news. Um, uh, as you know, Hulu features all of the Criterion Collection films, apart from the brand new releases. And unfortunately, um, at the end of November, Hulu will no longer feature the Criterion Collection in their streaming service. <clears throat> oh, okay, oh god. Um, <clears throat> 
excuse me. Okay, sorry. Uh, apparently, uh, Turner Classic Movies, they're coming out with their own streaming service called Filmstruck, and they've actually bought the rights to the Criterion Collection catalog. So uh, at the end of this year, I think in December or January of next year, they're going to feature all of the Criterion Collection films in their streaming service. So I don't know if I'm going to hop on Filmstruck. I'm not too sure, although I hear that... Uh, uh, Filmstruck will also feature the catalog from Warner Brothers, the Warner Archive, as well as Janus Films and Kino International. So that might be a good selling point, but I don't know. We'll see how, how my finances are uh, by the time Filmstruck rolls around and by the time they get their Criterion Collection. But I think between now and then, I'm going to watch as many Criterion films on Hulu as I possibly can before it disappears from Hulu forever. So if you're a Criterion fan or if you're curious about their catalog and if you do have Hulu, uh, get on that while you still can before the end of November rolls around this year. Okay, well, that about wraps it up for this week's edition of Victor's Corner. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email me directly, just type in Victor in the subject line, and I'll be sure to read your email in the next edition of Victor's Corner. I'll also be uh, chiming in on the main show via emails as well. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. I'm Victor Moyo, and I'll see you when I see you. So be well, be safe, be awesome. Take care, guys. <laughs>